You can take your copy of God's Word if you have your Bible with you today and turn to uh, John chapter 3 with me. John chapter 3, we've been in this series in the Gospel of John since the first Sunday of the new year. And I think it's interesting and fitting that on Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate the, the rising of Jesus from the dead, that Jesus lives today, that we arrive at a verse in chapter 3 that is, the, is likely the most well-known verse of the Bible in the world. And you, you heard it recited for you this morning already. Many in our culture uh, celebrate Easter, but not the way believers in Jesus celebrate Easter. Uh, not all celebrate Easter for the reason that believers in Jesus do. We arrive at John 3.16 today in the following verses, and we're going to see clearly why believers in Jesus celebrate Easter. In fact, believers in Jesus celebrate every Lord's Day. You realize that? It's not just Easter. Every Lord's Day, every Sunday, we gather together to celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And if uh, you are a growing and joyful believer, you probably celebrate that every day. You're reminded every day that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the grave. Believers in Jesus rejoice over and we celebrate this wonderful truth that after Jesus died on the cross for sinners, he rose from the dead on the third day and he lives today and he lives in us by way of his spirit and we celebrate God's love for sinners today, but some people in the world don't do that. In fact, there are some who, they wouldn't even celebrate Easter. They would actually say that God is a bully. Have you ever heard anyone talk like that about God, that he's a bully? Is God a bully? Uh, did Jesus come and die on the cross to rescue sinners from an angry God who was who is a bully, who is harsh, who is out to get you? Did Jesus come to rescue sinners before God wiped them all out? Some say yes, but that's not what we find in the Scriptures. That's not what we find in the passage before us this morning. So I want you to look with me at John chapter 3. We're going to begin in verse 16 and read through verse 21. So follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read from the English Standard Version. Beginning in verse 16 of John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true 
comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Some people will say, God is an angry God. Some might think of the famous sermon by Jonathan Edwards in 1741 that led to the Great Awakening in England. The title of that sermon, you've probably heard it before, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Some say God is an angry God who must be appeased. But our passage that we just read, and all of Scripture, in fact, says otherwise. And even though Jonathan Edwards used in his sermon some vivid imagery to depict the just wrath of God, and that was against sin, even he wasn't suggesting that God is mad at us. He wasn't suggesting that God is out to destroy us. I appreciate what pastor and author Ray Steadman wrote about this. He said, God does not wait with a stick behind his back when we want to come to him. He is not angry at us. He is not waiting to talk to us first about all the awful things that we've done and said in our lives. His arms are open. He is ready to receive us. We can come just as we are. So does God come looking for us with a big stick to punish us? Absolutely not. That's not what we see here. It's clear from this much-loved verse, verse 16, that God loves the world. God loves sinners. That's you and me. God loves us. So much so that we're reminded here that He sent His only Son. We saw Jesus point to His own death on the cross last week when we looked at verses 14 and 15. Go back to those verses here in chapter 3 and look at them for a moment. Jesus told Nicodemus that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. He's pointing back to that Old Testament passage where Moses they fashioned a serpent on a, on a pole and said, anyone who looks will be spared. Anyone who looks will live. And Jesus points back to that. That was a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and Him being raised on the cross. What we've been learning here is that the, the only way possible for Nicodemus whom we've seen in these early verses of chapter 3, or anyone else to be born again is to look to Jesus in faith. Believe in the one and only Son of God. Have you done that? This Easter Sunday, the most important thing you can hear or think about is the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to save sinners. But what good is it for you if you say, oh, that's a good truth, but you don't believe it? God's Word calls you to believe that Jesus died for sinners and that He saves you when you look to Him and trust in Him alone for your salvation, for your forgiveness of sins. You must look to Jesus alone and believe in Him to be saved for salvation, to be born again. Jesus made that clear in verse 15. And He says it again in verse 16, that whoever believes in Him should not perish Whoever believes in Him should not perish, 
but have eternal life. What's clear here is that God calls to sinners to believe in Jesus. He invites unbelievers to believe and have eternal life. He gives eternal life. God forgives sin. He's not waiting to punish us. His arms are open. God doesn't shake his fist at the world, chewing us out for all our sins. It's the opposite. He's not screaming at us for being sinners. He's beckoning us to come and believe in Jesus. He stretches wide his arms and says, as in Matthew 11 and verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For God so loved the world, it says in verse 16. It's the love of God for mankind that is clearly seen throughout this passage. The way Jesus ministered on earth also is a clear example of God's love towards sinners. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it's interesting. If you read the Gospels and you look at the way Jesus ministered, it's interesting that we never find Jesus in the Gospels condemning people for being sinners. He certainly didn't want them to continue in their sin. He made that clear. He would tell them, turn now, turn from this sin, turn from that way. But he never came condemning them because they were sinners. He didn't go around berating and beating people up verbally for being sinners. You realize that without Christ, we have no choice but to be sinners. And you might say, well, I know some good people. Some people who do good things, and I, I do too. But God's word makes clear to us the only way to be forgiven our sins and be made right through God is not by our works, but by our look to Jesus Christ, our faith in him and in him alone. Believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You will be forgiven your sins. I think it's interesting, again, the fact that Jesus doesn't go around condemning people for being sinners. They were bound. They were enslaved to sin. And that, I think, just as a side note here, that ought to encourage and inform the way that we witness. How do you tell people about Jesus? We do a disservice to the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for sinners and has risen from the dead when we only condemn people for being sinners. There are some so-called churches in our culture who have become notorious for this, standing on street corners condemning people for being sinners condemning people who are trapped in sin and doing so will not set them straight. Instead, we're to point people to Jesus. The only way for people to be saved, to be forgiven their sins and to believe in Jesus Christ and in Him alone for the forgiveness of sins. And He gives and enables new life. That's the joy of Easter. New life in Christ through faith in Jesus. Sinners certainly need to realize that's what they are. Sinners need to know that they're lost, in need of a Savior, in need of being forgiven their sins. And if you're a believer in Jesus, to believe that He would forgive your sins, you had to understand that you needed to be forgiven. 
You had to come to that realization that I need, I need to be washed and cleansed. I need to be made new. I need to believe to be forgiven. And sin is why Jesus came. Sin is why He willingly suffered and died and is now risen from the dead. He came to take the punishment for our sin. But we never see Jesus dealing with people with condemnation. Even those living in blatant sin. That's verse 17 here. Look at it again. Look at verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. And verse 16 makes it clear that God gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not, should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came, says Luke 19.10, to seek and to save the lost. So your sin does not keep you from the Savior. Your sin makes it clear that you need the Savior and that you need to believe in the Savior. In fact, 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10 makes it clear that Jesus didn't come to be God's condemnation on us all, but to be the acceptable sacrifice. The acceptable sacrifice for sin so that we might have new life, forgiveness of sin. It says it this way, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and has sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation, it means that in Jesus' death for our sin, God, God's just wrath was satisfied completely. Jesus. It means that for all who believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin, that the condemnation you deserve for those sins is satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's paid for. Your, your account is settled when you look to Jesus with faith. And that's the joy of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in His death and resurrection, He conquered sin and death and hell and the grave and Satan. And today we rejoice. That's what verses 16 and 17 are saying. In the sacrifice of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God has removed the condemnation. In the sacrifice of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God has removed the condemnation, opening up the way for you and me to be forgiven our sin. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19, in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And that's remarkable. That's all good news. And verse 18 continues with that good news that whoever believes in Him is not condemned. This is the wonderful news of Easter. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are no longer condemned if you have. But then in verse 18, verse 18 points to the serious consequences of unbelief. 
Verse 18, when it continues, it says, But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Sin is a deadly problem. So deadly that the Bible makes it clear in verse 18 that without faith in Jesus, we're already condemned. We're all living under the just condemnation of God because of our sin if we do not believe in Jesus. It's not like God is out to get us. Verse 18 makes that clear when it states that those who do not believe are condemned already. God saves us from our certain condemnation when we believe in the Savior. God holds us responsible to believe in Jesus. And if you do not believe in Jesus, the way God has opened for you to be forgiven, and you're choosing to remain in your sin, and you're choosing not to be forgiven, and you are choosing to face God's just and righteous judgment. That's sobering. So what's the alternative? Verse 18 shows us that whoever believes in Him is not condemned. You hear it again and again, don't you? Believe. Believe. That's your responsibility. That's what God calls you to do. He doesn't call you to do good works. He doesn't call you to clean up your life before forgiving your sins. He doesn't call you to change direction. He calls for you to believe. Along with that comes repentance. When you believe in Jesus, you you realize you're a sinner and you need to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. And whoever believes in Him is not condemned. The answer is also back in verses 15 and 16 and 17. Whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but will have eternal life. Sadly, there are many who don't believe. And there will be many who won't believe. If you're a believer in Jesus, that may baffle you, especially amongst people you know the best and and care about deeply, who you You long for them to believe in your Savior, and yet they refuse to believe. It may baffle you. If you're you're a believer in Jesus, you might be stymied by this. Why would anyone want to remain condemned? And we have the answer to that in our passage also. Look at verses 19 and 20 again. We see the answer to that. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. In verse 19, John says, people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Well, it's a plain fact here that mankind loves the darkness, and, and we're not talking about nighttime here. Yes, there's a lot of sin that takes place 
in darkness or at night, but John isn't pointing to a time of day. He's making a statement about the condition of the heart without Jesus, a heart that is darkened in understanding. The truth is easier to understand if you'll recognize the truth that you do not like to admit it when you're wrong. Who likes to do that? Who likes being corrected and told, no, no, you're, you're wrong about that. Let me, let me show you the right, the right way, the truth. <laughs> Who likes to admit they're wrong? I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, and I'm guessing you don't either. It's, it's the same for sinners here. We see in this passage, it's the same for sinners who need to admit they're sinners. Maybe you can look back to a time in your life. Maybe you're a believer now in Jesus, but you can point back to a time in your life when you realized that's what I was doing. I was rejecting the truth. I was dead wrong and I was refusing to admit it. And what Jesus calls us to and what God's word makes clear to us and plain to us in our passage this morning is that we need to repent of our sin and believe in Jesus. Our lives depend on it. We're not inclined to admit that we're sinners in need of saving. And that's hating the light. And that's loving the darkness. And this darkness in which the unregenerate heart wants to stay is a, is a universal problem. It's a problem for all of mankind. It's not just that some people are preferring the darkness of sin. It's that in our fallen state, without Christ without eyes that have been opened by God to see and hear, believe in Jesus, in our fallen nature, we all prefer the darkness of sin. And that's why God gives us a new nature when we're born again and regenerated by a work of the Spirit of God. The heart without Jesus is dark. It's sin-filled and can't be any other way until it's made new by the Spirit of God who gives new life. And that is a miracle. That's what we see in verse 21. Look at verse 21 again. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Now, this is not suggesting that there's something different about some people that make them, makes them good or better than others. This is making clear the fundamental difference between people who remain in darkness because they refuse to believe in Jesus and those who have come to the light, those who have believed in Jesus and come to the truth through faith in Jesus Christ. Only the soul that is transformed by Jesus Christ, the true light. That's what this is talking about. Jesus is the true light. Only the soul transformed by Jesus Christ, the true light which enlightens everyone, says John 1.9, only that soul longs to do what is right. Only that soul longs to do what is true. Only that soul longs to be obedient to God, not to gain his forgiveness. We already have it. If you look to Jesus, you realize that, and you realize there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation, and that you, you come simply believing in Jesus, and he forgives. And then, and then he begins to grow in this, 
in you this desire to do what is true. And you want to do what is true because you want to glorify the Son. You want to make Him known. And only that person regenerated by the Spirit of God longs to show that his obedience is only by the work of God at work in him. The message for us from this passage at Easter and every other day of the year is that without faith in Jesus Christ, we are already condemned. And we need to be rescued. And Jesus has come to rescue us from our certain condemnation. And the message for us from this passage at Easter and every other day of the year is that God loves sinners so much that He sent His Son His one and only Son to live a sinless life, to go to the cross, to bear our sins, to have the just and righteous wrath of God poured out on Him, and to die for them, and to be buried, and on the third day, rise from the dead. Why? So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life have you believed in him if you have not believed in him you realize that i have not believed in jesus christ and i realize i must i I must repent of my sin and turn to jesus in faith i call on you to do that today you do that in this moment right where you sit in the quietness of your heart between you and god in prayer in fact, I'd be happy to speak with you about this if you have questions about it after the service or, or speak to the person you came with today. Don't leave here. This Easter Sunday, this day that we celebrate the, the risen Savior without believing in that Savior. And believer, you need these reminders today. I don't suggest that there's any truth that you've never heard before that I've shared with you this morning. You've heard these truths before and you need to be reminded of them. So that as you face every day, you realize you go with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ to live as born again believers, those who have new life, those who have been forgiven and are cleansed and made new and now can walk in the light, in the truth, with God's help and for God's glory.